Welcome to The Insatiable Appetite. I'm Alyssa Chevalier, Director of Consumer Insights on the Hartman Retainer Services team. And today I am here with my colleague, Danielle Kleiner Cantor, Senior Consultant on Retainer Services, to talk about our brand new report, Ideas at Food 2024. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, Alyssa. Happy to be here. So, Danielle, can you start out by giving our listeners a bit of background on what the ideas in food report is and why it might be something that is of interest to them? Absolutely. Ideas in food is the Hartman Group's annual trends report, but it's really much more than that. In it, we dig into the cultural underpinnings of the most forward-leaning trends in food and beverage. It can help clients to identify the most essential areas of change that they should be focused on. And the cultural lens provides a broader scope that can be applied to a wide range of businesses across retail, manufacturing, and food service, as well as any food and beverage category. Yeah, that's right. And this year, the report is divided into three main themes. We looked at experience and exploration, supportive well-being, and intentional consumption. Today, though, I'd like to zoom in on a couple of trend areas in that experience and exploration and the supportive well-being spaces. Let's start with experience and exploration, and in particular, this idea that we explored of satisfying the senses. Danielle, this was something that you identified and brought to the table for this year's report, so I'd love to hear about what drew your attention to this space in particular. Yeah, well, I think first, sensory pleasures are just so much fun, but this idea came from how we consume food through digital media, social media, the internet, without tasting it or smelling it. So what are those other senses that are more engaged to make something craveable? But sensory pleasures also have this really rich history too. It's not like smell and taste and sound are new things. Uh, They've always played a role in complementing and shaping our perception of eating and drinking. So in classic Hartman style, we talk about this cultural context really is the foundation for what we're seeing now. And what exactly should we be looking out for as an industry? So I'll focus on texture first here, but in other cultures, there are so many more words for texture. In the U.S., we, 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 we do love texture, but the way that we talk about them is much more limited. But it is just as important as flavor to bring food to life and make it craveable. For example, the experience of eating sushi is all about texture. Think of the chew of the rice, the snap of the nori, uh, the crisp of the tempura, and that pop of the fish eggs. Yeah, texture is such an important part of the consumption experience in food, as you've described with that sushi example, but also in beverages. Um, that's so much of what's been behind the seltzer craze, the interest in boba tea that continues to rise, things like that. What should food and beverage companies take away from this? How can they use this insight about texture to build their businesses? Yeah, we keep seeing this constant influx of new products, many, many new products. But the biggest question is how do you stand out amidst all of these new products. 
And brands must focus on texture as well as taste and consider how are those two interconnected? How can texture enhance taste? How can texture enhance the whole consumption experience? Um, you know, if you're, if you're a brand, how can you talk about texture in new ways? And the answers to these questions can help distinguish your offerings from the rest. Yeah, that's great. A renewed focus on texture really is going to be critical. And you are also interested in another sense and sensory experience in this report, one that we rarely associate with food and drink, which is sound. What was that all about? Yeah, we have seen some interesting and creative uses of sound in the food and beverage industry lately. And this is uh, an area that's caught the ear, no pun intended, uh, to speak of consumers. So, for example, we reported on a study where Unilever actually partnered with the University of Manchester, and they found that sound can change our perception of food enjoyment and French freshness. And the example that they used was salad and the crunchiness of salad. The crunchier it is, the more it actually creates a more enjoyable consumption experience. Um, they also researched palatability, so the saltiness or sweetness, sound, can actually influence your perception of those things. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually helped out at a wine tasting many years ago where the whole premise was to try wines while different genres of music were playing and to take note of how the music affected your perceptions of the different wines. So there's a real effect there. It's really something that's absolutely fascinating. So this is such a great way for brands to really stretch themselves in thinking about how they engage with consumers, both with their products themselves, as well as the experiences that go with those products that surround them, whether that's at the point of consumption or even when engaging with the brand more generally online or uh, in-store, things like that. What about you, Alyssa? What were some of the insights that you found most exciting this year? So I've been really interested in this backlash to everything being healthy or everything being functional that we've been seeing. The past few years, and particularly with the pandemic, suddenly every product seemed to be touting some kind of health benefit, or we see healthier versions of every possible kind of junk food being introduced, whether it's salty snacks or candy. And What's really interesting is consumers are getting sick of it. Um, there's, of course, still a place for these types of items, but there is also a place for true indulgence without any strings attached. And that's particularly becoming important as mental health becomes an area that's less stigmatized because consumers are interested in products that are simply about enjoyment in order to give them that mental and emotional respite that they are looking for. But it also goes deeper than this association between indulgence and supporting mental health. There seems to be this true shift happening in how consumers think about indulgence 
And particularly, we're seeing this with younger Gen Z consumers. It's really not so much about making a sacrifice in their health priorities or about having something indulgent, but then regretting it or feeling guilty later. It's much more about truly embracing the idea of eating or drinking what I want. Sometimes that's going to be something that's typically considered junk food, but other times that might be something that's inherently healthy, like a piece of fresh fruit or something like that. The important thing here at the root of this, though, is that consumers really want to seek out the enjoyment and uh, listening to the needs of you know their their bodies, their minds, and a given particular moment. That that is fascinating, and we have a really fun example of a brand in the report that that speaks to this. Um, but what can brands do to respond to this shift? So I think here it's really about going back to basics. Fresh and less processed items should be promoted on those merits. They're inherently delicious, and so they don't need to be marketed heavily as quote-unquote, healthy items. Consumers recognize that about them already. And then for those items that consumers tend not to see as healthy, those kind of more, quote-unquote, junk food uh, categories, it's really about leaning into this low-guilt, enjoyment-centric occasion, not about trying to make them into something that they're not. Yes, certainly lots of change afoot in 2024. And we look forward to helping our clients navigate these trends and the many others that we look at in this year's Ideas in Food Report. This podcast has really just scratched the surface. And what distinguishes this report from other trend reports out there is that we dig deep into the cultural roots driving trends and the implications that this has for their longevity and for food and beverage companies in in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. This report provides fantastic context for companies on its own. And of course, we're always happy to discuss opportunities for consulting or research product projects that enable us to customize the implications of these trends for a given business even further. So thank you listeners for tuning into this episode of The Insatiable Appetite. And be sure to check out our website for more information about how to get a copy of the Ideas in Food Report or talk to us about other projects. 